Hey everyone, this is Chad, and today on the Mission Daily, we have two, or maybe three, special announcements. The first one, the Mission Daily was selected by Apple as one of the best of 2018. So the Mission Daily was the one of the best podcasts as selected by Apple for 2018. Wow, that's so, so awesome. We could not have done it without you, the amazing listeners. You hear Ian in the background, you hear Steph. You don't hear Toasty because, oh, there he is. There you go. Good boy. That's a good pup. And that's the first announcement. Second announcement, one of our other podcasts, actually our first one, The Story, was also selected by Apple as the best of 2018. That is so exciting. Again, we couldn't do it without you, the listener. We're grateful for each and every one of you. And to celebrate this, it brings us to our third announcement. We are going to be playing all throughout the holiday season on the Mission Daily, the best episodes from The Story. That's right. We've been through four incredible seasons of the story. And if you haven't heard it, you're in for a treat. For those of you who don't know, the story is a historical fiction podcast where we tell the unknown backstory of people who changed the world. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. And a big shout out to our amazing sponsor, Jamp. Thank you for making this happen. And as always, thank you, the listener, for enjoying it. This is the story of a young girl who escaped Nazi Germany, faced the death of her family members, and how she lost and rebuilt her family's empire. Today's story is called No Experience Required. Today's episode of the Mission Daily is brought to you by Jamf Now, the number one device management solution for all your company's Apple devices. To learn more about how Jamf Now can help you secure your Macs, iPads, or iPhones, Head to jamf.com slash mission daily to set up your first three devices for free. That's jamf.com slash mission daily or click on the link in the show notes. The girl walked home from school alone. As she approached her house, she noticed something scrawled on the door. It said Jews live here. She looked back at the words. She hated them, the Nazis and Hitler. What was going to happen to her family? Months passed, and they came and took her grandmother. Rumors spread to the family that their grandmother and every other Jew that had disappeared was killed. The girl and her family were next, and there was only one option left on the table if they were going to survive. They would have to flee Germany. Before they could escape, new government laws were put in place. These laws made it impossible for Jews to leave the country with more than just $20 in cash. That was a huge problem because her father owned the largest shirt factory in all of Germany. He possessed a huge building, massive amounts of tools, and hundreds of employees. He had built an empire, and now he had to turn it over to the Nazis. After that, her family gathered what they could and fled the country. Everything else had to be left behind. After a harrowing pilgrimage across Europe, the Atlantic, and the United States, the girl and her family had made it to Portland, Oregon. It was liberating to be on American soil in the West. Her father managed to get a loan to purchase a small business. That business was the Rosenfeld Hat Company. On the weekends, when the girl wasn't in school, she would help her father run the family business. The girl sped through Grant High School in Portland. Next, it was the University of Arizona. There, she met and married her husband, Neil. After their college graduation and wedding, 
she and Neil moved to Portland, where Neil went to work at her father's hat company. Times were tough as hats were going out of style. Neil had a vision for the future of the company, and it wasn't in hats. He convinced her father to turn the hat company into a clothing company. In Portland, there were so many different types of outdoor sports and activities, but the family didn't know what to make or where to start, so they asked their customers. The response was unanimous. People wanted better ski gloves. The woman got to work sewing them. They sold gloves in the winter, but when summer arrived, they didn't have anything to sell. They needed to brainstorm a new product and fast. During a brainstorming session with her father and Neil, they tossed around the idea of a new kind of fishing vest. It would be perfect for summer. They would integrate many small pockets, and the fishermen wouldn't have to carry anything except their rods. It was practically foolproof. They patted themselves on the back and decided to run with the idea. For weeks, the young woman entertained fishermen at her house and asked them every question she could think of. How could they make this vest perfect? She asked hundreds of questions and was the life of the party. The family team incorporated all of that feedback into their design. Then she went to work and crafted a prototype exactly to the fisherman's specifications. Her life quickly became sewing, sewing, and then a little bit more sewing. She loved it, and the fishing vests were an instant sensation. They went flying off the shelves. Times were good. The young woman was proud of the fact that her husband, her father, and she had worked together to create something brand new that served the community. Her enjoyment was short-lived. The next month, her father died unexpectedly. It crushed her. Neil took over as president of the company and vowed to continue its success. But money was tight, and he needed a loan just to keep the business running. Neil was able to secure a $150,000 loan. But as collateral, he had to offer up his $50,000 life insurance policy, their house, their family's small beach house, and his mother-in-law's house. Everything was on the line. The woman didn't know any of these details, so she wasn't worried. She was busy raising the couple's three children, and Neil could handle the business. And then her world came crashing down. At just 47 years old, Neil had an unexpected heart attack and passed away. She was heartbroken and grieving. Just three days after the funeral, she was forced to take over and try to run the business. She did the best she could, but sales quickly fell, and then they spun out of control. Then the creditors started calling. How was she going to tell her mother and her family that she couldn't afford to pay off the loan? They were going to lose their houses, the small beach house they owned. If she couldn't figure out how to make the business work, their lives would be in ruins. She took stock of the situation. It was grim. There was no one coming to save or help her, but she wasn't going to quit. The government had taken all of their belongings back in Germany, and she wasn't about to let that happen here. One of her children was in college by this point, and he dropped everything to help his mother. He had no idea what he was getting into, and neither did she. Revenues kept falling. Soon they were losing money, and she and her 21-year-old son were buckling under the pressure. They tried to ignore calls from the creditors, but soon the creditors showed up at her business. As they looked at the books, they became livid and told her to sell the company immediately. It was the only way out. She and her son needed to find a buyer who knew how to turn the business around. But a buyer was nowhere to be found. Nobody wanted anything to do with her or their dying business. But all hope wasn't lost. There was one man who said he wanted to buy the business. But when they sat down with him, they figured out that he was a crook, and he tried to pressure her into giving him the business for just $1,400. She ended up cursing him out 
and then kicked him out of the business. The bankers looked at the mother and son. They were destroying the business and getting nowhere. In a move out of pity, one of the bankers recommended that the woman and her son hire a local sportswear business expert named Ronald Nelson. The woman and her son agreed, and somehow Ronald agreed to mentor them for free. They didn't know how lucky they were. You see, Ronald was the 12th employee at a little company called Nike. He knew what he was doing and soon trained the woman and her son. He guided them through dozens of business challenges and helped them get the company to break even. The trio revitalized all of the product lines, and once sales returned, it was time to start marketing. The bankers didn't want to hear about marketing, and neither did the company's salespeople. They laughed at the older woman who was still trying to make a failing company a success. What did she know about marketing? When she suggested that she be the face of the marketing campaign, they lost it. They said her marketing ideas were the worst. They said that everyone knows that men do not want to be told what to buy or what to wear by a woman, especially an older woman. The words stung, but the trio held their ground and launched the campaign anyways. The campaign was designed to use her story and life experiences to promote the company's jackets. The ads featured an extreme close-up of her face with the words, One Tough Mother. The One Tough Mother's campaign was a breakout success. The next campaign involved her son, Tim, walking through a car wash to test one of their parkas. She was a natural at marketing, and she ended up creating dozens of successful campaigns. Now, you might have one of these parkas hanging in your coat closet right now. Or maybe you're more of a lightweight jacket kind of person. No matter what your style or preference, no doubt you've heard of the woman's company, Columbia Sportswear. That woman was Gert Boyle. She was a refugee with no business experience who took a failing family business and turned it into a $5.5 billion empire. Today, at 94 years old, she is still the chairman of the board at Columbia. Her story is an inspiring reminder that being tough never goes out of style. In her own words, she says that every business has its ups and downs, and if you're tempted to give up when the times are tough, then just think of how different my life would have been if the sale had gone through. Let's face it, I was a housewife and a mother, and Tim was a 21-year-old college student when fate put us at the helm of Columbia. While we may not have had the business experience, we did have tenacity. It was that tenacity that allowed Columbia to survive while giving us time to get the necessary business experience. No experience is required to get started, but tenacity is required to build anything that lasts. Her family lost an empire once, but she rebuilt it in the end. That's her story. What's yours going to be? Hey, this is Ian from The Mission. I talk to Fortune 500 CIOs and IT visionaries about how much effort and energy they put into securing their devices. But they have teams of hundreds of IT professionals, an advantage that the average business doesn't have. Until now. Jamf now makes it easy to set up, manage, and protect your company's Apple devices. As your business grows, so does your digital inventory, making it harder to manage everyone's Apple devices. This is especially true if you have remote employees, like we do at the Mission. With Jamf now, you can check your digital inventory, distribute Wi-Fi and email settings, deploy apps, protect company data, or even lock and wipe a device as needed from anywhere. And all of this with no IT experience needed. 
The Mission Daily listeners can start securing their businesses today by setting up their first three devices for free forever. Add more starting at just $2 a month per device. Create your free account today at jamf.com slash mission daily. That's J-A-M-F dot com slash mission daily. We love Jamf and you will too. Hey listeners, thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps spread the word and I would greatly appreciate it. See you next time.